Denver Broncos outside linebacker Von Miller is taking a firm stance on his leadership and says that a sense of urgency has to happen now. A look at the Broncos' leadership with Von Miller, not to mention we take a look at our players to watch in Sunday's game against the Washington football team and keys to victory and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, both of us. We cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. And if you'd like to watch us, make sure you type in Lockdown Broncos on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage. Sarah, my friend, we are just 48 hours away from kickoff. The Denver Broncos taking on the Washington football team. Very excited, as always, to break down the game with you here in detail today. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It's it's going to be Halloween. So if, you know, after the game, I'll be running around dressed up like a green Power Ranger, Cody, the things <laughs> that we do for our kids. So I'm really excited for it. I, I, I'm, I mean, I didn't dress up a ton as a kid. So, I mean, I might as well live live it out right now in my childhood so halloween the broncos are going to get a win first of all second of all i'm going to steal a bunch of my kids candy from trick-or-treating it's going to be a great day i can already feel it coming hey i'm with you there my friend obviously you got the niece we're going to go trick-or-treating as well and you know like i said hopefully everyone stays safe has a great halloween obviously the broncos play on halloween day so make sure you don't have any plans during time kickoff obviously in the afternoon 2 25 p.m mountain time for the Broncos and the Washington football team. And really, Sarah, one thing I'm looking forward to is Peyton Manning being honored with his ring of fame and his statue during the game, 1230 p.m. It's going to be the unveiling outside the plaza next to all the other statues. And then at halftime, you're going to see him get his banner officially hung up at Empower Field at Mile High. Just, uh, you know, real quick, talking about that, I mean, it's crazy to think that for Peyton Manning, going back to his four-year stretch here with the Denver Broncos, two Super Bowl appearances, uh, just countless memories. I don't know if there's ever going to be another performance like that for a Denver Broncos quarterback ever. I mean, it's hard to see right now. It's it's really tough to see, Cody. I mean, definitely. <laughs> that that performance from Peyton Manning was unbelievable. I, I'll never forget. Uh, I, was, I, I was still using a BlackBerry when they signed Peyton Manning, and I think I probably threw it about 30 feet in the air when I, when I read the tweet come across that they signed him. And it just so happened to be one of my days off during the week. I was in college at the time, and it was just such an amazing, amazing run from that point on. Just the excitement around the team, it, it completely changed everything. And it, it changed, you know, it could change a lot of things going forward in the future. We've talked about Peyton Manning potentially, you know, being interested in having a stake in Denver Broncos ownership. That would be really fun if that ever comes to fruition, even if not. What an amazing four-year run, you know, and and ironically, the three years that Peyton Manning was playing at his best didn't end in a title. And when he when he needed to be carried is when the Broncos actually won it all. And so cool to see him right off into the sunset. The Broncos obviously are, are a huge part of his, you know, NFL legacy. And he he treats them that way, which is really cool to see. It's almost I hate to even say it like this because Colts fans, if they would ever listen to this, they would hate me for it. But man, it almost <laughs> feels like Peyton prefers the Broncos. So I, I definitely think, you know, he's to me, he's he's a Bronco for life. I don't know how many guys are in the ring of fame with four years on the team. Uh, I've never researched that before, Cody, but that would be interesting to know how many guys have had only four years 
as a member of the Denver Broncos that made it to the ring of fame. But certainly if anyone's deserving, Peyton Manning put together a career's worth in four seasons in Denver. Yeah, I know Peyton Manning's maybe setting the tone for that too. I think Akeem Talib will eventually be deserving of having that same honor here for the Denver Broncos. You miss seeing guys like that here on this team, and, and the Broncos have been lacking that. But, you know, one guy that's been a constant since Super Bowl 50, that's Vaughn Miller, Sarah. And obviously a lot of questions pertaining to his game status this weekend. He's questionable, did not practice on Thursday at the team facility, but he's the type of player that I think could go all week without practicing. And then if he feels good, mm -hmm. he'll give it a go. I mean, we know that to be Vaughn Miller. That's the case with him normally. But uh, he was very candid. You know, the other day we heard from Teddy Bridgewater said he was, went out there in the media session and said, it's not time to panic, but it's almost time Von Miller was like no we're there now it's time like we it's time that we have a sense of urgency about things he says you know those guys have different leadership styles and that's fine he's like but the panic had to set in the Baltimore game that was when it should have set in and so loving that what we're hearing from Von Miller Justin Simmons this week that they're meeting they're talking with players they're meeting with coaches and they're trying to figure out how to get this thing turned around because this is not Broncos football that we've seen the last four weeks there it simply has not been and for a guy like Von Miller shouldering the load of that leadership responsibility you love to see that with he, Kareem Jackson, and Justin. That's a great trio right there. If I'm going to be yeah. a young guy in that locker room and if I have to listen to any players talk, those are going to be the three players I tend to actually listen to. And when they're talking, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to soak up everything they have to say. A hundred percent. And especially with Vaughn, because we all know where he's been and what he's done, what he's accomplished. He's done literally everything and anything that any young NFL player would hope to hope to accomplish as an NFL player. I mean, he was the rookie of the year, Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl, All Pro. He's done it all. He got a huge contract. So everything that Von Miller has done, people should be following, at least in terms of, you know, in terms of football, in terms of playing the game. He does everything right, working off the field, doing all that stuff. So and it's it's absolutely right. Von Miller is correct. This is the time to be panicking. Look, everybody in Broncos country right now is already talking about, and we've even talked about this too, Cody, like the possibility of who could be the next head coach or, you know, what's going to happen beyond yeah. 2021. But man, Von Miller and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, they don't care what's happening beyond 2021. And I'll go a step further and say this, Cody, I don't think that even if the Broncos make the playoffs, if they somehow find a way to make the playoffs this year, I don't think that prevents them from making a coaching change after this year. People act like, well, if you make the playoffs, you got to keep the coaching staff in place. I don't think that's the case. I think that George Payton could make his own decision based on everything that happens, everything that goes down during the season. And you can bet these players don't care about any of that stuff that's happening next year. They don't care about building the Broncos beyond this season. They want to win now. So yeah. the the fan base, we got to kind of rally around that. It's There's still 10 games left until – until the Broncos are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, we should be all in on making the playoffs. And not to save Vic Fangio's job or Pat Shermer's job or Teddy Bridgewater keeping the QB spot, but it should be because that's the, that's what's best for the team. That'll be make them more attractive to potential owners, potential head coaches, all those different types of things. Winning cures a lot. It really does. And, and, you know, when you're losing, too, I think the attitude by the fan base and by other people changes towards certain players. Like when the Broncos lose, you know, the attitudes towards guys like Justin Simmons, Von Miller, who do so much for them, it, it all of a sudden it becomes flipped. It 
becomes reversed. Mm-hmm. And those guys are often under scrutiny over things that pretty much aren't in their control. You know, the, the whole thing with Vaughn last week, you know, he, he talked about it going into the game and wants to kill the offensive tackle. But, you know, and he had all these fans piling on him. Oh, yeah, what'd you do, Vaughn? Where'd you go? But, you know, a lot of those people didn't actually go through and watch him. They just watched the box score. But, you know, and I understand that's where Broncos country is frustrated. I mean, losing takes its toll on everybody. I get it, Broncos country. We've had several people in the comment section on YouTube say, hey, I'm not watching another game until they win. And, and look, that's your right. I respect that. I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan or how to root for your team. I, that's not my place. I respect your position but like sir said until they're mathematically eliminated there's still always a chance so you never know it's not how you start it's how you finish and i know it sounds like the eternal optimist in me but you know what sarah that's what i get paid to do i get paid to look at everything for both sides of the coin my friend alongside with you so very blessed in that regard but broncos country coming up here in just a moment sarah and myself we're going to get into our players to watch on the offense and defensive side of the ball who we got our eyes on in sunday's matchup against the washington football team that's coming up here in just a moment but i want to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode lockdown broncos and that's our good friends over there at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, not to mention. It's also a place where classmates can meet up for a study group. It's where football fans can get together for a morning pregame ritual. Or if you want to get a cup of coffee with a friend, McDonald's is the place to go, win or lose. It's where teammates, competitors, and even the home team or the way team, they can come together and recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping to when you're on a long road trip to rest your legs and to stretch. And you know my routine every single time on Wednesdays, my day off, I always go to McDonald's. McDonald's get the breakfast sandwich, and we've had listeners of Lockdown Broncos send in pictures of them getting a McRourke, which is a sausage, egg, cheese McMuffin with a hash brown in the middle. We appreciate all the support. Let's make it a thing. Hashtag McRourke here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. They have a variety of different things you can get to, whether it's ice cream, whether it's delicious treats, or if you want a Big Mac, they have all that stuff for you there at McDonald's. So check it out today. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect, courtesy of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, sir, I'm loving it. All right, Broncos country, getting into our second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, getting into our players to watch in the Washington football team. This is an interesting matchup, the dynamics between both these teams. Yesterday's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we had a little bit of a crossover with David Harrison, host of the Lockdown Washington football team, to talk about this matchup in general. But before we dive a little bit deeper into our players to watch, Sarah, I want to tell the NFL community and Broncos country, I want to tell them thank you for making Lockdown Broncos their first listener of the day. And you know that we've got you covered on all things NFL here on the Lockdown on podcast network both the nfl trade deadline coming up don't miss out on our live nfl trade deadline show featuring myself ross jackson and the local experts on the biggest stories covering their teams the nfl trade deadline we have you covered that is coming your way live tuesday from 3 p.m to 5 p.m eastern time here on the locked on nfl youtube channel so be sure to subscribe to that check it out for the live nfl trade deadline preview show sarah i'm looking forward to that but i'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to this matchup even more let's start on the offensive side of the ball sarah when you're taking a look at all all the players that the Denver Broncos have in an offensive unit that has struggled, who do you have your eye on this week that you think can make a big impact? Well, I think I, I speak for a lot of us in Broncos country, Cody, when when I say Jerry Judy. And we've said it before. We'll say it again. One, two, Jerry's coming for you. So Washington better be ready. I think it's going to be a, a, a huge deal, you know, not to not to continue to pile on Vic Fangio. But I think I think Jerry Judy actually very drastically changes the way teams have to defend the Denver Broncos offense. Of course, if the Broncos are going run, run, pass, you know, it's not going to matter. But but at the same time, I do think that Jerry Judy makes a huge difference. And I I can't believe I'm having to say that. But, man, Jerry Judy is one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's got tremendous speed in the open field. He's very elusive, very quick, very shifty, able to make guys miss. 
He can do so many different things. And we've seen from the preseason and training camp and his first regular season game, he really cleaned up that issue with drops that he had as a rookie. So he's he's becoming a star. And I think that it's easy to forget that because he missed a few games here. So to me, Jerry Judy is a huge, huge piece and a huge key to this game. A player to watch, no doubt. I think he's going to get a high volume of targets, Cody, given the Broncos gave him that extra week rest. Well, he met with the media on Thursday, and he had said some things that, you know, I'm, I'm running, I'm cutting normally, right? So normally for Jerry Duty, that's good because that was a question that <laughs> I had had is when he comes back, we know he relies so much on his ability to create separation. I mean, his release off the line of scrimmage, his ability to create separation, stepping inside, outside with his footwork, with planning and cutting specifically. I was worried about how can that hold up? What is the strength of his ankle? What's the strength of the ligaments surrounding it that allow him to plant his foot in the turf and go and create that? So that's a big key there. I, I like that obviously for Jerry Judy. And as you mentioned too, they're going against a, I believe it's a 32nd pass defense in the NFL mm-hmm. Sarah, this week against the Washington football team who had one of the best passing defenses last year in the NFL. I believe it was the number one passing defense. Yeah. So they went from number one all the way to number 32 in just the span of the year. Maybe that was because, uh, of Ronald Darby. He's now a Denver Bronco, but this is also a big game for him because it's him against his former team. So I want to spotlight him a little bit, but my offensive player to watch Sarah, you went with Jerry Judy. I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton and Von Miller in his press conference on Thursday said nobody can cover Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton one-on-one. So I think that with Jerry Judy's return and not to mention, you have to also respect Tim Patrick. Don't disrespect Tim Patrick Mm -hmm. by not thinking that you can't throw to him. And I think that's what a lot of NFL teams do. They overlook that they have Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and, you know, hopefully no offense can be used differently. You know, I'd love to see no offense utilized outside more. Remember Kansas city last year, outside left side, one-on-one throw against smaller corner, 37 yard pass and catch. We have yet to see that once this year. And I, I think it's super frustrating to watch Noel Fant be underutilized in this offense when two years ago he was a yards after the catch guy. He was a vertical seam threat. Don't get me on my soapbox here, ladies and gentlemen, but Corlin Sutton. And the reason I say that, look, this season he's off to a tremendous start. He is on pace to break last uh, his last season's numbers in 2019 where he had over 1,000 yards receiving. He's currently at 38 receptions, and he's already at 539 yards receiving and two touchdowns. In the last two games, he's each had a little bit of an impact with some deep balls downfield, and not to mention a one-handed catch. He's also been called a couple times for offensive P.I., and I, I don't think that's very valid for a guy like Corlin. I go back and I watch those replays there, and he is hand-battling because you got DBs that are trying to mug you and all of a sudden he can't he can't protect himself like he can't do anything to get the DB from getting his arm up here because a lot of times they're getting that arm right on his chest plate here running right where his breast is and they're trying to pull him down so he's climbing he's clubbing that's why they work on that drill all the time and they're calling OPI I'm not a big fan of that it drives me up a wall sir I think Cortland's going to have a big time impact on this game we'll see I mean I think in terms of the offense there's not a lot of confidence right now by Broncos fans and rightfully so the offensive product has not given anybody any reason to be optimistic But let's see the injection of Jerry Judy in the offense. Let's hope it opens things up for the entire offensive unit. But obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to play better. Pat Shermer is going to have to do a lot better as a play caller. And a lot's going to ride on that. But I still expect these two guys to have a very, very big time impact in Sunday's game. Now, Sarah, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Who is your defensive player that you have your eye on this week for the Denver Broncos? Well, I got my eye on the new guy. And if if Kenny Young is going to come in and be a starter this week for the Denver Broncos, as has been kind of reported, then I think you got to really pay attention to him. Just watching a few of his, you know, a few of his games, a few highlights here and there, different things. It looks like this is an aggressive player who likes to attack the line of scrimmage, who likes to make tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Of course, he led the Rams in that category this year. I think there's some potential there for him to make a game-changing play, Cody. And you and I were kind of talking before the show 
off the air about maybe some bold predictions going along with some of these key players to watch in this game. I know you have a bold prediction coming up here for your key defensive players, so I'm going to start off with mine. I think that Kenny Young, with his aggressive style of play, kind of that heat-seeking missile style of play out there, I think we're going to see him have some part in a turnover. Some part in a turnover, a fumble is is my prediction, a fumble that that results in six points going the other way for the Denver Broncos. So whether he's the one that recovers it, the scoop and score, or whether (laughs) he's the one that punches it out, I think he's going to bring an energy to that second level of defense for the Broncos this week. Well, he's mad too because you think about it, he was on a team that's a Super Bowl contender and all of a sudden he gets traded for financial reasons to the Denver Broncos, a team that, you know, is on the downward spiral right now versus where he was at. So, you know, he's... Treating it like a pro, and, and you you have to. You have to go out there and you have to be like, you know what? This is what it is. It's the business side of the NFL. i got to go out there and play. I'm excited to see what he can do, and, and hopefully that's the case. Look, if the Broncos can score a touchdown on the defensive side of the ball this week, Sarah, they're going to be in good hands. Anytime you have a defensive score, your opportunity to win increases by 75%, which bodes well for that. But that kind of leads to my next guy here. Patrick Sertan II is going to be my player to watch this week here for the Broncos defense. And I felt like in the last several weeks, he's put together a very, very good show against the Steelers, against the Raiders, and against the Browns. I was very impressed by what I've seen from him. His coverage looks so fluid, and I would like to see Vic Fangio utilize him a little bit more and press man-to-man, where it looks like he's having a lot of fun, and his squeeze technique and his ability to get in phase is fantastic. And I tell you what, sir, it, it drives me nuts to see him playing off coverage so many times when he knows that for him, like he's still making plays in off coverage, but man, if you can just utilize him to be physical with the wide receiver with his coverage ability, you limit a quarterback's option for at least two to three seconds. That helps out with your pass rush so much. Remember 2015, the Broncos with Aqib Tlaib, Bradley Roby, Chris Harris Jr. How many times did we see them in press man coverage? So many times. And it led to the defense having more success as a unit. So you can run press man-to-man with Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertan. I think this is going to be a big week. Obviously, they're a little bit impacted in the injury side of things for Washington. Terry McLaurin's going to be there, obviously, but no Curtis Samuel, maybe no Diami Brown. So you have to take advantage of that and there's going to be a key matchup there. So Patrick Sertan, I'm going to say my bold prediction for him. I do think he's going to get a pick six this week or an interception. One or the two. It's going to be a pick or it's going to be a pick six, but I think he's going to have a takeaway this week. His play, his level of ability to make those type of plays happen, it's coming. And I tell you what, he's been so close the last couple of weeks of having a big time play. I'm going with Patrick Sertan a second in this one. In Broncos country, let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benger, who your players are that you have your eye on in the offense at defensive side of the ball. But coming up here in just a moment, we're getting into a conversation about keys to the game, what the Broncos have to do on both offense and defense in order to win against the Washington football team. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. They have nine amazing, delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor that you could check out at Built.com. Be sure to check it out today. There's a flavor for everybody in your family. So get yourself, get your family a box of Built Bar delivered directly to your doorstep. The thing I like about Built Bar the most, they're a protein bar, but they don't taste like a protein bar. They taste like a legitimate candy bar because the bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they're easy to chew and they taste fantastic. Not to mention they're healthy for you. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. That is tremendous value if you are a health guy like myself and Sarah Benjamin. The perfect combination of healthy and dessert at built.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off your next order at built.com. 
As we jump into the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, I just want to say mile high salute to everybody in Broncos country. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we have you covered. It means the world to us that you tune in to listen to us talk Broncos football and engage with you in the comment section or on social media. It means the world to us as long as you keep it civil, keep it respectful, and we're always going to have a great time. But Sarah, my friend, hey, one of my favorite things to get to because these are the things that the team must do if they want to have a chance to win. These are our keys to victory offensively starting things out in order for the Broncos to win against the Washington football team on Sunday. What does the offense have to do in order to achieve that? Well, I think Cody, for me, it has to do with our key players on the offense in this game, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy. I think they will be a huge part of this, but you really utilizing the pass to set up the run. I think the Broncos have to be aggressive. They have to be aggressive in the passing game. Like you mentioned, this is the 32nd ranked pass defense in the NFL, the Washington football team. So they've allowed the most yardage in the NFL uh, through the air, and they've also allowed the most passing touchdowns in the NFL this season, 19 touchdowns allowed in the passing game. So this is an opportunity for the Broncos to really take advantage there, whether they're going deep downfield, whether they're trying to take advantage of yards after the catch, Whatever the case may be, the Broncos kind of have to have that alpha mentality in the passing game this week, in my opinion, to, to, to really win this game. And I think to get Teddy Bridgewater's confidence back up, right? I mean, he's had four pretty bad games in a row. And, and the Baltimore game, that's tough. He got a concussion. So I'll say he's had three pretty bad games in a row. And, and, and it's been a tough month of October for the offense. And, and so I think really being aggressive in the passing game, getting the ball downfield, pushing the ball downfield, being intentional about that, letting Teddy Bridgewater kind of sling it around. And I know, of course, there'll be some pushback on that because people want to knock his arm strength, but man, he can make the throws. He's just got to, he's got to step into it. He's got to stop stepping into pressure. To me, utilize the pass to set up the run this week. I like your touch on aggressiveness there too, because what my key is for the offense in order to really do that, you have to have a sense of urgency. And Sarah, I, I know it worked in the first three weeks when the Broncos have a lead, this strategy works out. You can wait till the play clock hits two or it hits one second to snap the ball when you have a lead because it gives you more time of possession. But the thing is, when the Broncos, if they're either trailing or if the game is tied, they've got to stop getting to the point where they're getting the play. They're getting the play call usually around 20 seconds. Teddy's Mm. getting under center. He's in shotgun. He's looking around. And by the time the ball is snapped, it's usually three two or one seconds left. We never see the ball snapped when there's 15 seconds or even 10 seconds, Mm. a little bit of urgency. That's one thing I want to see because I was very disappointed in the overall sense of urgency last week in the final seven minutes of the game against the Cleveland Browns. You're down 10 points and you're pretty much walking down the field and you're taking precious time off the clock. That's on the coaches. That's also on the players to be able to do it. So Teddy Bridgewater, a big time week for him in terms of bouncing back. He needs it in a big way. Pat Shermer needs it in a big way, but it's not going to, it's not going to happen. That change won't happen unless there's a little bit of a sense of urgency in what they do. And that's really been the theme, Sarah. I mean, the last couple of games, they've come out and they have had a lack of urgency. And it started with the Pittsburgh Steelers game. They came out on fire against the Baltimore Ravens on defense, but the offense couldn't do anything. And then against the Steelers, the whole team came out flat. That has been a noticeable trend for this team for the last couple of weeks. It's been very, very concerning. They fizzle out when they get off to a hot start and it doesn't last. So now, sense of urgency, try to find balance. That's the key on the offensive side of the ball here for the Broncos here against the Washington football team. Now, Sarah, let's open it up now. Defensively, what's your key to victory? Man, defensively, this is a Washington team. I I think that they've got an opportunity here for the Denver Broncos to kind of get right. I mentioned that in the crossover episode, but 
Taylor Heineke, not exactly the A-list of quarterbacks, right? So we know that he's capable. I mean, he's capable of filling up the stat sheet. He can run. You know, he's had a a couple of multi-touchdown games this season, so he's definitely no hack out there. At the same time, Cody, I really expect big things from the Denver Broncos secondary this week. So my key defensively is for the secondary to really put on the clamps. And I love your player of the, you know, player of the game defensively, Pat Sertan the second. He's got to have a big game. Ronald Darby facing his former team. He's got to have a big game. Bryce Callahan, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. On paper, everything is there for the Denver Broncos to be absolutely dominant in the secondary. So you got to force this game into Taylor Heineke's hands, and you got to keep him, you know, keep him pretty well contained in terms of his scrambling abilities and make him force the ball downfield. We had that crossover episode with David Harrison. He talked about the fact that Heineke likes to throw the ball downfield, and he will overthrow it. On a number of occasions, I guarantee you, we know Justin Simmons knows tendencies, right? We saw the Dolphins and the Ryan, the excuse me, the Ryan Fitzpatrick deal, which ironically Ryan Fitzpatrick won't play in this game. Yeah. We saw him read Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of that Dolphins game to make that game-winning interception. We know that he understands tendencies of quarterbacks, so take advantage of those tendencies of Taylor Heineke. Force him to to throw the ball downfield. And make some interceptions. I mean, this has got to be a defensive-dominated game. The Broncos, they do need to be aggressive offensively. I think they do need to air it out. But at the same time, if the defense is making a ton of plays in the secondary, that will allow Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon to get a hefty amount of carry. So I, I think that this is a game where the secondary really needs to put on the clamps. I'm with you there. And for me, defensively, in order to have the secondary have success, you got to be able to stop the run. And my key is going to be gap integrity, which, look, you can't have a pass rush if you're trying to get pressure on a quarterback if you can't stop the run. And that's exactly what Cleveland did. Denver would try to pass rush and they'd just run dry because guess what? The Broncos weren't stopping the run game. And now I'm a little anxious to, I'm not going to lie to you, they're coming into this game. I'm a little anxious. I know Terry McLaurin's a big play guy. It doesn't matter who's covering him. He's going to make some big plays, and you have to hope to limit the totality and the and the volatility of maybe what he can do there. But for me, I'm worried about Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson is also a threat at any point as a rusher, not to mention as a receiver. But J.D. McKissick is a little bit of a blur as well, and they like to get him out in the flats. And the Broncos have struggled here. So I imagine we're going to see some aggressive screen plays here by that Washington football team offense. I hope Denver is well-suited, and it really starts with gap integrity for your defensive ends, your defensive tackle. Who's going to step up and fill that role where Mike Purcell was at? You're going to have to rely on Deshaun Williams. You're going to have to rely on Shamar Steven. You're going to have to rely on even maybe even uh, Stephen Weatherly, but he's going to play a little bit of that linebacker role. Malik Reed has been banged up with a hip injury, so who's going to play the opposite outside linebacker? What if Malik Reed or Von Miller can't go this week? There are so many questions that could potentially impact the narrative of this game going into Sunday's matchup, Sarah. It's just really hard, but you know, got to get back to basics. The Broncos have to find a way to stop the run, and if they can do that, limit those opportunities, you're going to force Taylor Heineke to try to air it out, and I think that the Broncos secondary, they're going to play a little bit more conservative this week. I think they're going to not worry too much about the short stuff, but they're going to protect deep and then rally short, which is something that they need to. They have the talent. They have the guys that have the ability to do that. It's all about execution, and it's going to be a very, very big point this week, Sarah, but as always, my friend, great talking Broncos football with you here. Players to watch, keys to victory, and even some of the key storylines here let us know what you thought about von miller's comments from his press conference on thursday not to mention who your players are that you have your eye on in this matchup specifically and your keys to victory on the offense and defensive side of the ball comment in here on the youtube comment section with your keys to victory and players to watch we'll react we'll interact with you here in the comment section as well but broncos country thank you so much for making lockdown broncos your first listen
of the day, every single day. Well, Sarah Benninger, myself, we pride ourselves on being able to bring Broncos country an objective point of view on all things Orange and Blue. But with that said, stay tuned. We'll got you covered on Sunday with the Lockdown Broncos postgame report here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you don't miss out on all the coverage. And as always, go Broncos.